0: We're on week four, last week of our series on margin. And uh I want to start off with <laughs> a little bit of my definition of margin so we have a starting point. We've had like uh we've had one Casey use and Mike use, which are spot on. Um, and I thought, hey, they both brought their own definition of the word. I can bring my own too, right? So I also brought one, but they all mean the same thing. So what is margin? Uh, margin is the distance between your limit and your load. So margin is, I can handle this much stuff, this many activities, this many thoughts in my brain, this many memories, this many um, commitments, and then where is my load, right? So margin is that space between where your limit is and wherever your load is, or maybe you're trying to be up here. We're going to talk about that today. So, just a little review. I just want to touch base so we can refresh on what the last few weeks are. Um, week one, Mike talked about how anxiety robs us of our margin. Um, week two, Pastor Casey talked about the, how the rhythm of Sabbath gives us margin. And um, then last week, Mike talked about how care for our finances will give us margin. Who here has been enriched by this series? Anybody? Anybody? This has been awesome. I've loved how practical it is, and it's really gotten us down to the applications of spiritual life. So um, I'm excited to be here and wrap it up today. I've got to say, this is, this is about as excited as I have personally been about a sermon topic that I've shared on. Now, that doesn't mean this is going to be a great sermon, but I, I just, this is something that I've just um, it's had a lot of my attention in my heart, this topic, over the last six months and year. And uh, it doesn't mean I've got this all figured out at all, I'm still working through the process just like you guys, but this is something that's really had my attention and my heart, um, so I'm really excited to be sharing this with you guys today. So today we're going to be talking about creating margin for spiritual devotion. Um, And today's sermon is titled, titled, A Change of Pace. So, I want to start with an illustration because I know everyone in the room is saying, what is a treadmill doing on the stage? So I'm going to have uh, a lucky volunteer come up. I asked Mike Fox if he would come on up. So Mike, come on up. Let's give him a round of applause. Now every um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Mike is way more faithful to it than I am. But we are in a a training group uh, in Marshall. So Mike, Mike, uh, Mike and I work out together. So Mike, you better put your clip on here. Make sure it turns on. Okay, we got life. So clip that on you. So if you fall off, um, it'll stop. The good thing is there's just a wall behind you to catch you. So just throw you into the wall and you'll be okay. Just hang out there, Mike. So we're gonna talk about um, we're gonna talk about pace of life today. So I'm really excited. Now, who here has ever asked yourself one of these questions? So think about these. Who here has ever said to yourself? Um, I wish I had more time to pray, read my Bible, serve at the church, or fellowship with other believers. But I just got too much on my plate. I just got too much going on. Anybody ever said that? Uh, Maybe you said, if only there were a few more hours in a day, uh, then I'd have more time for the stuff that really matters. You know, my marriage, maybe, my kids, my spiritual devotion, God. If I just had a few more hours, man, I could do so much more. I'm guilty of saying that. Anybody else? Yeah. Um, or maybe, maybe, which this is true for all of us I bet, when someone asks you how was your week, how do you reply? Good. Busy. Good. You, maybe you say busy, maybe if it was a really special week, you say really busy, and maybe if it was one of those weeks, I call them those weeks, you're like super busy, just running around with my head cut off, doing so much, and uh, it's been a crazy week. Anybody have those weeks? Yes, I have it all the time. So, hear me out, guys. I am here with you on this. Okay? So, the question is, how do we get there? All right? So, um, I'm going to start using Mike here. Mike, hang on. We're just walking first. Just got to walk. All right? All right. So, we're talking pace of life. So, one day, one day, way long ago, not very long ago for Mike, you were born into the world. Mike's a young guy, healthy. One day you, you look nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk. <laughs> um, one day you were born, all right? And then within uh, a year or two years, for me, it probably took me three years. I'm a little slow. You start walking, right? So that's where Mike is. Mike has started walking, okay? He's starting to develop this this life, and he's starting to see what life looks like, right? And then you get to the age of about five uh, six years old, and you start going to school. Oh my goodness, you have a regular commitment in your life outside of eating and pooping and sleeping. <laughs> All right? You start going to school, okay? Commitment. What happens after that? You start adding some activities, right? Over the years, sports, hobbies, this is how life goes. Um, then you start getting into junior high, right? You might start walking a little bit faster. You got more activities, more busy. <laughs> And then you go to high school, all right? And at this point, if you're still in sports or committed to a real hobby, I think uh, eighth grade high school is really where those hobbies and sports get going, right? We're practicing every day. Also, younger and younger kids are practicing for their sports every day, I've noticed. And things start getting a little faster. You're not allowed to touch these buttons, by the way. I forgot to tell you that part. Uh, If you pull that plug, it will stop. Yeah, okay. Um, So, you're doing that, and then... Uh, Along the way, you probably start a job, right? In school, I need some gas money. You start a job, all right? You're going a little faster. Getting going a little faster, okay? After that, uh, you start going to school. Or if you're like Mike, you know, Mike, I haven't heard your whole testimony. You may have already fallen off the treadmill a few times. Is that right? By this stage of life? Yes. (laughs) Fallen off a few times. Get back on. Things are starting to go a little faster, right? It's a run. It's a jog. Okay? You're in school. Things are busy. Now, you get out of school, you graduate, and you're released into the big, wide world. And maybe at this point, you find a nice lady. Doing okay, Mike? You find a nice lady, okay? And you start catching glances, you know what I mean? Some of this happens in high school. Some of this hasn't happened for you yet, and that's okay. The day may still come. And uh, all of a sudden, there's someone else to pay attention to. Who knows, that's when life can get so busy. As soon as that adds, you add a significant other in your life. Man, you got someone else who's got your attention all the time. And you're going to start speeding up a little bit. I've seen you in the gym. You're doing okay. All right? And you're going. And you're going. And then we've got a culture that will just add more and more, right? If you're going to be successful in the world, if you're going to be financially stable, support your family well, You gotta run faster, right? Am I, am I right here? You gotta do more. You gotta run faster. More commitments. More commitments. Alright? And you're going, and you're going, and you're going, oh boy. And you're going, this thing's kinda wobbly. And you're going, and you're going, and you're going, going, right? And this is life. Anybody? Alright Mike, we'll pull the plug on you. Give Mike a hand. Thank you, Mike. Nice job. I'll tell Sandy you did an extra weekend workout. But you guys understand what I'm saying here. This is what life looks like. We get on this treadmill, and life starts going, and we start picking up the pace. And we're doing more, and we're doing more, and we're doing more. Who here has ever found yourself at Mike's pace there before? Raise of hands. All right. Why do we get going so fast? Why do we go so fast? I got a proposition for you guys. Why we do this. We're either running to something or from something. You're either running to a career To a standard. To a comparison. Or you're running from what your father was like. From what your mother was like. From what your lineage was like. From what your neighbor was like. From something you don't want to be. Or something that you used to be. And culture says, if you want to get away or you want to get there, you got to go fast. You got to go fast. Guess what? That was not... The pace of Jesus. That was not the pace of Jesus. And at some point along the way, in some manner, because you're all here sitting in a church today, you found something about Jesus. That's why we're here. And when we start, and hallelujah, by the way, thank God we're here. I mean, we're here in this place And so many of us here have said yes to Jesus. But we try to take on what, what Craig Rochelle says is the most difficult form of discipleship. Trying to take a life that looks like our old life or looks like our neighbor and add Jesus to it. Because when we try to take a life that's not what we're called to be, and we try to take Jesus and put it on top of it and just do more, we just get running faster, right? But this is not the life that Jesus called us to. So here's the good news, is that Jesus offers a better way, a life with margin, a slower pace. So let's look a few uh, about a, a few elements about how Jesus lived. So I, I want to talk about a few observations from his life, right? So number one, this is so basic, all right? In the Gospels, nowhere at any point did we ever see Jesus run. Think about that. Now, I'm not saying as a child Jesus never picked up and ran. I'm also saying, Mike, this, for me and you, this is not an excuse to not go to the gym. We still need to run, okay? But in in life, we never actually saw Jesus run anywhere. He he was never trying to get somewhere so fast that he had to pick up his feet and go. Number two, second observation. Jesus was never in a hurry. He was never rushed. Um, There are a couple amazing stories um, that exemplify this in the life of Jesus. Recorded in Mark, Luke, and Matthew, there's this incredible story about a man named Jairus. And he worked in the temple, um, which is really interesting because generally Jesus wasn't very popular in the temple at this time. But Jairus' daughter had come down very sick. And Jairus was des- desperate enough that once he had heard about the miracles Jesus was doing, he went to Jesus and said, Jesus, my daughter is sick. Will you come so that she can be healed? And Jesus started on the journey. And along the way, a crowd starts coming together and gathering. And he's going to this girl that's sick. Spoiler alert, she's going to die. And on the way, Jesus gets interrupted. Interrupted disrupted by a woman, and this is the story of the woman with an issue of blood. She had been hemorrhaging for 12 years, and in this crowd, she reached out and touched Jesus' robe, and Jesus stopped. He was on his way to heal, and he stopped, and he said, who touched me? And he, right there, took the time to be with that woman, and healing came out of him because he wasn't in such a hurry that she couldn't catch up, and he couldn't be stopped and disrupted. It's an amazing story. Uh, At at his pace, Jesus was able to see opportunities outside of his current agenda um, to work in the will of the Father, and he could see additional opportunities the Father had for him that if he were in such a hurry, he would have missed. Another great story, and there there are so many, but another great story is um, Jesus had a friend named Lazarus, and uh, one day Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick. And he stayed where he was and didn't travel to go see him, even though he could go heal him, for three days. I mean, think about that. Your friend is sick. Someone comes and says, your friend is sick. He's probably going to die. Jesus doesn't go. He wasn't in a rush. So many times I just haven't haven't understood this story, this part of the story, right? Except when you see the end, you get it. But Jesus wasn't in a hurry. And three days later, as many of you know the story... Jesus went and and rose Lazarus from the dead. He wasn't in a hurry to get ahead of his pace. Jesus walked in a slow pace. Now, let let me help you understand here. Was Jesus busy? My goodness, was Jesus busy? He was. He was so busy. He did so much, but he was never in a hurry. So, observation number three then. Jesus would often pause on the work he was doing completely so that he could devote himself to times of solitude, silence, and prayer. Regularly in the Gospels, we see Jesus going away to silence, solitude, and prayer. There's there's some amazing stories. Something that's so interesting about Jesus is that when his ministry started at 30 years old, um, he was baptized by John the Baptist. And immediately after that, uh, Jesus essentially took like a sabbatical. Now I don't know if that can be arranged for me later this year. If from the very start I can just have a sabbatical right away, but Jesus, from the very what we believe is the beginning of his official ministry, he went forty days into the desert. The Spirit led him there, and he was tempted by the devil. I mean, forty days by himself, silence, solitude, to pray. Um, and then we see, as, uh, we see so many examples through the Gospels where Jesus gets away by himself to pray. Um, but as his influence and, and fame grew, uh, it appears that he actually, um, on the axis curve, was spending more and more and more time away by himself. Uh, in Mark 5.15, it says, But the news about him was spreading even further, and larger crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. So as more and more people were coming along, fame was growing, more people were hearing about Jesus, he often was slipping away. Where's Jesus? He's off by himself praying. See, this was Jesus' pace of life. Jesus was actually only here for uh, doing ministry until he was 33, we believe, historically. And that means his ministry was all in about three and a half years. I mean, imagine this. Jesus came out of Nazareth, a city that was not known for uh, producing and putting out the best people in the country. Um, I'm not going to say that joke about Ballotin. Um, (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, but seriously, uh, and I'm not insulting Ballotin, right? But I mean, you look at a small town, a rural town. This is just how if you went to Minneapolis, people would say, Ballotin? What's Ballotin? You know, people would say, Jesus of Nazareth? They literally would say, has anything good ever come out of Nazareth? So Jesus went from that posture publicly to in three and a half years, starting a global movement that here 2,000 years later, we're talking about in Balaton, right? Three and a half years. I mean, think about the effectiveness you desire in your life. Do you think you can get there in three and a half years? Now, I'm not saying you're called to be Jesus, but somehow Jesus did this with a pace that was unrushed, unhurried. He was walking away to pray, be by himself, be alone, to rejuvenate. Um, Jesus didn't just have this desire for himself as well. It's another observation. Um, When Jesus had sent his disciples out, he sent the 70 out to go do ministry spread across uh, the countryside, highways, byways, all over the place. When they came back, Jesus actually sent those disciples to go rest for a while. He didn't bring them right back in and said, all right, boys, let's get to work. Let's get going. Let's do some more ministry. Let's go back on our next trip. No, he brought them in and, and they rested. Jesus said, go and rest for a while. So, interesting question for us. If this is Jesus's pace, should this be ours. Now, I want to tell you on a basic level why here in the 21st century we need to learn to walk at a slower pace. And it comes from such a basic biblical context and the greatest commandment. Um, Jesus one day gave this commandment to a teacher of the law who said, Lord, what is the greatest commandment? Out of all the commandments in the Old Testament, what's the greatest? What's the most important? Jesus said this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. For there is no commandment greater than these. And I want to tell you guys something that has just rocked me in the last couple of months. This concept. And I'm going to use a quote from a guy named John Mark Comer that has really impacted me. That love is incompatible with hurry. Love is incompatible with hurry. Now think, think about this. Now, if you're willing to join me, you don't have to. Close your eyes for a second. Close your eyes. You don't have to, but if you're willing. I want you to think about a moment where you were really loving and you were in a hurry. What was your pace in a really loving moment? Were you speeding along? Then I want to think, and there's no condemnation here, about a moment where you were really unloving. What was your pace? Were you speeding along? Were you like me, trying to get out the door really quick with the kids this morning and uh, snapping off a little bit to my wife? Liv, why, why did you lock this car door and unlock that one, right? Think about that. All right, you can open your eyes. When we're hurried, is that where the capacity to love as God loved is working in us? I don't think so. I think when we slow down and we take this pace of Jesus, then we have the opportunity to love well. To f- fulfill this greatest commandment that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I want to remind you, Jesus was busy all right, so I know there's there's in my mind for so long this was a conflicted idea, right? How much do I have to slow down to be at Jesus' pace? Jesus was busy; he did he was doing so much, but somehow he wasn't hurried. Here's the uh, here's the best part of this message today: is that Jesus invites us to a slow down pace, and uh, it's an amazing passage. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. In the New American Standard Bible, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am, am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And he, then Jesus said this, For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, when we say yoke, we're not talking about an egg yoke, okay? Um, In in these times, farmers would take uh, two oxen or two horses and bind them together with a yoke. And they'd pull farm implements and such. Together, they were far stronger than they could be apart. So what Jesus is inviting us to is if we're weary and heavy laden, and I am that way, can I get an amen? Weary, heavy laden. He says, I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your soul. So here's what Jesus is saying. If you'll take your life, slow it down to my pace so that you can be yoked with me. This burden that you're carrying is going to be lighter. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light, Jesus said. Now think about this. If you're in a hurry and you're trying to get more done and trying to go quicker, say you're even doing ministry, right? You're trying to get more done. Can you be yoked to something that you're flying by, that you're going way faster than? That's not how a yoke works. A yoke is side by side working together. So if this was Jesus' pace, we're called to be like Jesus, why are we in such a hurry? Um, I, I want to read to you, so uh, in the Message Bible, and the Message is a paraphrase, really, is the way I look at it, by a guy named Eugene Peterson. He took the Bible and said, I'm going to bring it down to even more simple terms uh, in the way that he read it and understood it. This is what he says of this of this passage um, in, where are we, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Uh, Eugene said, are you tired, worn out? Burned out on religion, come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And I love this part. Learn the unforced unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. All right. So that's Jesus' call. Come to me. Come learn the unhurried rhythms of grace. And I'll slow down. If you'll slow down your pace, I'll walk with you. I'll be yoked to you. So some of you guys are saying, and I get it. I've been here. You're saying, Matt, this is is all great. Um, But you don't understand. My life is so busy. And it has to be this way. Uh, I have to devote my time to all these important things. i got kids' activities. Um, I've got a busy work schedule. I'm working split shifts. Um, I've got to put food on the table, right? Who, who's having some of those things going through their minds? I, I always do, right? I mean, um, I gotta, if I want to be at church, right, I can be there at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and that's kind of all I've got. Um, it's just hard to have time for more things. I'm so busy and all of this stuff seems important. First, I want to say you're correct. I don't understand your situation. Um, uh, you have unique challenges, and you have different experiences than I have, right? And so I'm not going to uh, have the arrogance to walk, walk up here and say, I get your life. What are you doing? You can do better, right? That's not my heart here at all. Um, but what I, what I do want to tell you is this. You have time. For what you choose to have time for. And uh, I heard Craig Rochelle also say this really amazing statement. He said that the solution to slowing down is not more time, but it's more of what's most important. The solution's not having more time in a day, but it's more. Of what's important, right? I mean, think about this. In our lives, along the way, everything that we've picked up and put on our plate, we've chosen at some point. We've said yes to other things. Every time we say a yes, we're saying no to something else. And I'm so guilty of this, of again and again saying yes to something. And then what gets squeezed out of my life? It's the stuff that really, if I took a step back, I'd say, that was the most important thing. That was always my top priority. God, my wife, my kids, my ministry, right? Usually when I say another yes, that's what I'm saying no to. Anybody walked this out before? Am I alone? Yeah? All right, I'm alone. (laughs) (laughs) But really, guys, we have time for what we choose to have time for. Um, On the second page, and boy, if I haven't stepped on your toes yet. I'm going to. So hold on. I'm going to step on everyone's toes this morning. Um, I'm about to create a little time in your schedule or a little opportunity with a few statistics. All right? So I want to talk about three things that take our time. Three things that rob time from what's most important to us. All right? And I understand I'm stepping on your toes and I'm stepping on my toes because I've walked through all of these things and presently do. Number one. Social media. According to some recent studies, and there are so many studies out there about this, so I am going to use some average statistics. I'm not going to use the highest one I saw. I'm not going to use the lowest one I saw. I'm just going to use an approximate in the middle. Um, The average American is spending more than 800 hours on social media annually. Think about that. 800 hours. How many hours is a... uh, is a full-time job annually. It's 2,080 hours, approximately. So if you were to say 1,040 hours is a half-time job with 800 hours on social media, on average, some of us are over, some of us are under, we're getting close to a part-time job <laughs> being on social media. I mean, that's really the amount of time commitment we, uh, we have scrolling. And again, that's average. Some of us are higher. Um, I'll, I'll speak for myself. On Gen Z, Gen Z is way higher Millennials are higher, and as age goes up, there's this uh, axis that kind of starts to split. And, uh, and if you're older, boy, am I going to step on some toes. If you're older, and you're saying, well, thank God, I don't get on social media, boy, have I got one for you. The average American watches more than 1,040 hours of TV annually. Again, that was the number that was a part-time job. Alright, and if you look at the axis of age, I'm just telling you guys this, this is, this is factual information. Older people, more time on TV. Younger people, more time on social media. Just about equal time consuming digital media. Alright, so I'm, I'm saying this because that's the time we spend. Now, the the one other one that blows my mind, it's an incredible statistic, is um, is for younger guys. Now, if you are uh, under the age of 21, or if you're something around my age, and you're a guy, and you're saying, I don't watch that much TV, uh, I don't scroll that much on social media, um, let me tell you this, that by the age of 21, the average male in the U.S. has spent more than 10,000 hours playing video games. Now, my question is this. When, when researchers look at, um, at what it takes to become a professional at at something to, I mean, really get to the top of your game. How many hours do they say that it takes? Anybody know? 10,000 hours, right? So uh, people my age, guys my age, by the time they're 21, have spent enough time to become a professional at video games. All right? Now, if I haven't covered you, I'm sure there's a host of other things that you're spending your time on. Um, Some of us are workaholics. We just work too much. Uh, We spend too much time working. Some of us have other hobbies um, that are just, they are taking our time. Now, are these things bad things? No, they are not. However, I would argue that a thousand hours, we're, we're starting to tip over into a bad thing here at some point, right? At some point, this is becoming something that's taking the time that we have for what's most important. And it's robbing us and we're giving it away. With our choice to say yes to this and no to that. Now, why are these things the type of stuff that's robbing our time? Because um, social media, TV, they're amazing. They're very entertaining. But the truth of it is, is that we actually don't know how to slow down from our pace in life. So we use TV, social media, video games, other hobbies to fill in the gaps. I mean, if I asked you, when was the last time that um, you sat down and were just by yourself, in quiet, um, no music, no TV, no other people to talk to, for 30 minutes? I don't know that there are very many people in this room that could say, in the last six months, I've done that. I mean, 30 minutes outside of sleeping, you weren't napping, right? You were just sitting there, being with the Lord, no distractions, not even your Bible open. Just like Jesus, talking to God right? I haven't. 30 minutes? Gosh, that's a long time. But think about that. Scrolling through, man, I could, I could get 30 minutes. Watching a Netflix show, I could get 30 minutes quick. It's like that. When, where's the next episode? You know what I mean? As followers of Jesus, this is not a simple message, guys. We live this lifestyle and it becomes a dopamine hit again and again and again. It actually, the the speed of it it has an addictive force. I mean, we'll start kind of tweaking a little bit if we sit for too long and we don't actually pay attention uh, to something or something is distracting us. This is not, though, the way that Jesus made us to live or the way that he walked. My question to you is this, as I get close to finishing here. What if the greatest enemy of the life that you want is the life that you're living? What if I'm doing the stuff that's robbing and I'm saying yes to the wrong stuff and it's robbing from who I want to be or how I want to walk? So, this is, I, I, I get it. This is, this is a difficult one. This is a hard message. But it's also an invigorating message. I mean, imagine being able to slow down. If we can do this and take some of these steps, start walking equally yoked to Jesus. I'm not here to preach an easy life to you guys of serving Jesus. But man, I want to be equally yoked to the man who has redeemed my life from the sin and the destiny of hell that I have. I want to walk with him. And I know that when I'm going fast, it's stealing that from me. That chance to walk with Him and be equally yoked to Him. To walk at a slower pace. I'm telling you guys, as I've started over the last few months, and it's so hard to engage some of these disciplines, I've always said, this is going to be so hard. And it is. But the other side of it, and these practices, they've been so enriching of slowing down, trying things to slow down. Maybe that's for you um, Maybe here are just some examples that I've heard um, in different teachings. We did a great study in Life Group about this. Um, Try going through the longest uh, line at the grocery store. If you don't have anywhere to be, right? I mean, can you imagine not being in a hurry and just going to the longest line? Maybe you don't have to, um, uh, at a stoplight, go into the shortest line, the shortest lane. Anybody else do that, right? We don't need to be in such a rush. Maybe when you're sitting in the waiting room at your next doctor appointment, Don't pull out your phone. Just sit there. Man, I've tried that a few times. That is hard. Just sit there and just be with my own thoughts. I'm kind of scared of what my own thoughts are when I'm just sitting there neutral. I'm serious. Um, But God will start to come in and abide, and then you can start hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, and he wants to have communion with us and talk to us, right? And when we slow down and give him the space, he can do that. We can walk with him. So um, I want to, at the end of this, I know this is a little different than something we do a lot. I, I want to recommend a couple of resources if this is something you're interested in. Because I feel like this is a sermon that, like, you can hear this. Great. I'm going to walk out. If I, this is just so hard to apply. <laughs> it's so hard. So I'm going to recommend a couple of resources. Um, if you would put them up on the screen. A couple of books. If you're a reader, I'm just throwing it out there. First, I just want to recommend this book we did in life group. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. This book has so impacted my life. Um, It talks about these principles, how we walk them out, what it's like. It's been an awesome book for me. I've really enjoyed it. The second one is Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. I've heard some people have read this book here already. It's a great book about walking through this in an emotionally healthy way and slowing down to the pace of Jesus. So as we close, and, and this is it, I want to close with a prayer. And this prayer is, is these simple words. Lord, would you help me to walk slowly enough to experience Jesus fully and to love people deeply. So let's close, and if that's your heart, why don't you just pray that with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for this chance to be here with your body today. Lord, to be here with this family. Lord, I thank you that you see us. You know us. Lord, and you love us deeply. Father, I thank you for the life that you came and exhibited. All that you did for us and, and the, the incredible fact that you did it in three and a half years with this slow pace. Father, I believe that if we will slow down, we can walk with you. And Lord, you'll refresh our, our soul. We'll be less burnt out and we'll have more margin for the disciplines and the practices that draw us close to you and give us an opportunity to walk in maturity with you. So Lord, I pray today, as we go forth, Lord, would you help us to walk slowly enough to experience Jesus fully and to love people deeply. Lord, would you bless us as we go today. In your name we pray, amen.